centuries, the Harkers have fought vampires. But these Harkers... And Big Finish... Don't have a clue. People love vampire stuff. People love male models that sparkle and power. No one's scared of vampires anymore. How do you convince people that vampires are real? We dumped a dead body with a mutilated neck, drained of blood in a lake. Any such talk of vampires, well, that's just plain if silly. If there were vampires, those Harkers would have said something about it, right? We're going to catch the vampire, and you can all see for yourselves, okay? Right here. Ah, oh, great, another vampire. Nobody said there was going to be two vampires. Ah, f***. Why are they pumping? Every family has a skeleton in their closet. This one just woke up. Come get some, you satanic sons of bitches. This is Slashers. Can't bother you this week to do some kind of fancy fun intro. We have music to get to. We have guests to get to. <laughs> we are talking about I had a bloody good time at House Harker. Ryan, right. Absolutely. how butt fucking excited are you about this? It's, it's very, very cool. Actually, I had no idea what this film was about or even heard of until uh, you brought it up. And uh, I'm happy I saw it because fuck, pretty awesome. I mean, I feel like it's something that competes with a lot of shit you see on Netflix. Absolutely. And you know what I'm excited about? You're not the only schlub I have to talk to this week. I have a special guest, and I guess you can kind of have visitation rights of my special guest as well. Clayton <laughs> Cogswell, director, writer, producer, a cameo star of the film. Say hello, sir. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it going? Hey, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> So first question, yeah, what is your real name? Because oh. Clayton Cogswell is not a real name. <laughs> that is a cog- cobbler in a steampunk fan fiction, if I've ever heard That's one. exactly right. I was either named after uh, the bad guy in Tarzan or... Um, <laughs> no, actually, I've got a funny story about that. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, my whole life, I got the whole Jetsons, Cogswell, Cogs thing. You know, oh, like the whole... Right. Like, Poor guy. Everybody's always like, oh, like Cogswell, it's like the Jetsons. Like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Until I was 23 years old. I thought it was a uh, a complete happenstance that I was named after the same thing. Took my grandfather out to lunch and the maitre d' behind the, the, the podium says, oh, yes, Cogswell, that's so cute, just like the Jetsons. And uh, she went away and I looked at my grandfather and I said, I get that a lot. Do you get that a lot? And he goes, uh, yeah, I guess I should never have agreed to that. I was like, yeah. Wait, what? And <laughs> he was working in the motion picture sound recording industry in the 60s Hanna-Barbera were recording their pilot for the Jetsons at his place they passed by his door every single day and one day they knocked on the door and he opened it up and said hey Ron do you mind if we use your name and he's like yeah yeah, yeah what? so my whole life 
I thought it was a random happenstance kind of a thing. And that's no, amazing. It's actually that's named after my grandfather. That's a way better word association yeah. than I got. When I was in high school, people just called me fat fuck. It's oh no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not to make it all about me, guys. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say. I mean, you 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 don't look so fat now. You fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So when are you gonna start knocking on Hanna Barbera's door to ask for the royalty check? Oh my like, god, oh. dude, that's not a bad idea. But alas, unfortunately, <laughs> both those guys are long gone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So my whole life is one giant cartoon. But it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It, you know, it can be a giant cartoon once again. If you take just a little bit of LSD from my remedial understanding of narcotics, <laughs> this is this is very true. All, like, everything coming, starts to melt. Coming, coming from the straight edge over here, he's like, <laughs> from what I from what I read uh, from Wikipedia, this is what LSD does to you. Right? Let me check my Palm Pilot from my pocket protector. <laughs> so that's awesome. We were talking about this before. You started the I guess channel Good Cops TV. Yes, picked up by Machinima. Yeah. And then how do you go from the good cops rap to a horror movie comedy with vampires? That is a very fantastic question. My buddies, some of them from high school, some of them from college. One guy I met at a bachelor party. It was nuts. We all got together because we had this love of old, okay. Okay. like 1980s cop shows. Right. And we wanted to basically make a ridiculous parody on like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and all that kind of stuff, but make it where right. it's a little over the top and just stupid. So we made like one or two of these little things on a weekend as like a little acting exercise for my buddies and a directing exercise for me, just like something to kind of get it going. After two episodes, Machinima called and they were like, hey, this is kind of funny. We're like macanema who, yeah. wow, who is this and they basically partnered up with us which meant that we needed to actually get a structure for like the whole series and all that stuff it was crazy so we ended up making a full season of that then we made a full season of good cop season two and that was actually funded by machinima which is wonderful and then we made a western called tumbleweed which i watched a little so bit so we of. just had this run oh good oh yeah. great yeah it's it was just this crazy we, so we had this nice little run of like kind of higher production value web series kind of stuff and it was a lot of fun it was really great it was actually paying the bills a little bit that's cool you know like just you know which is which is neat it wasn't like big bills but it was like you know little small yeah, bills I mean, here and just, there that we just were, to see a little bit of returns great oh 100 it was great but we had actually garnered enough fans and viewers that we started just kind of putting out there, hey, like, what would you guys think about a feature if we were to do that? And there's all these different people were just, you know, tweeting in and all this other stuff. Yes, absolutely. We basically parlayed that into doing the good old fashioned, you know, Sam Raimi, Rob Tapper, Bruce Campbell, like going to everybody they knew and going, guys, guys, we got a we got a feature film and it's it's here's the script and it's, it'll only cost you 50 Cajillion dollars <laughs> and and they go no but we were able to say but look at all this audience that we have that are guaranteed to watch this movie right. because they're fans of ours and that kind of made the pill a little bit easier to swallow for the investors and stuff and it's like so that. great so, you did that um, instead of going the toby hooper route and be like oh here own a portion of my movie make more money off of my famous movie than i got to make with yep. texas chainsaw i don't know if you know the whole history but that, oh my gosh oh, that dude, poor fucking yeah. guy like just wanted oh, to get his art guy. made yeah, no, exactly. One of my favorite movies of all time, by the way, is Texas Chainsaw. Like it, it, I don't know. I've only seen it 
I can only see it like once a year though, yeah. because it's like one of those pills that you take and you're like, it's really, Oh yeah. God, it's really it's, rough. It's, it's rough, man. It's, it's a hard watch into hell. And it's so savory. Know? If you do space it out, if you watch it over and over again, mm-hmm. it feels schlocky like the sequels. But if you watch it once, yeah. cause I, Brian knows this before I got with my wife, every Valentine's day of my adult life, mm-hmm. I would watch <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre alone. Are you serious? I'm a weird guy, but that it's, was my once a year. No, that's it's awesome. Pretty dark. I love that. <laughs> I, it should no, have been more on brand, like my bloody Valentine or whatever. But you know, I, no. But uh, there's something beautiful about that. You know, where it's like this is kind of like you're raising your middle finger to love. Yeah. You know, but but honestly, no. I mean that God, that freaking movie. And I, I don't know. This is tangential into Texas Chainsaw, but like that idea. I. I love perspective of time Yeah, when a movie was made, you know, and there was nothing made like that movie oh, yeah. ever, not at that level, you know, yep. and I tried to show Heather as my wife a, a scene or two and she, I mean, she doesn't like horror films <laughs> at all. And so she's like, I can't, I'm like, no, but it's, what they're doing here is special. Yeah, right. It's amazing. Right. And it's, it's, it was never done. I mean, it was, it was breaking all the rules and all that stuff. Yeah. I remember the first time I, I watched I that, I was, uh, you know, kind of into it a little bit. I was like, wow, this is pretty rough. And then they get to like the whole family scene where they're eating at the table. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I oh. don't know, man. Oh, the, oh God. <laughs> they start holding the, the hammer that- over her head. I'm like, uh, oh, this is God. really crazy. And the old guy just barely like touching her with it. You're like, oh, they God, like, no. they like put like his like oh. mouth on her, the blood. When he sucks like, her finger is the oh, grossest thing in the dude, world. Dude, it's so gross. It's so disturbing. But d- what a piece of art, though, man. I mean, it's like, it's a piece of yeah. modern well, art. And here's something I, I love without jerking you off too hard is that movie is, <laughs> is disturbing without being visually overt, right? The, the goriest yeah. part is when, yeah. when Leatherface accidentally cuts himself. And then here, yeah. be, I think you can look at movies like this. And then look at your film, which is a comedy where there is torrents of blood that would make senators in the 60s just weep and vomit and die. And it's hilarious and it works and it's fun. Like, oh, thanks. As far as perspective goes, though, like, can you imagine your own film, you know, in I Love Lucy times and imagine the revelry? Oh, and oh just, no, it would it would be rated X. Oh, my right? God. I mean, they would. Oh, by far. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the original the original cut of oh god De Niro uh, Scorsese Taxi Driver was rated X because the ending scene of the shootout and there was that it, and the way they got around it was color correction. Yep. They're like, well, there's too much blood. And they're like, well, what if we discolored the blood so it's more orange? And they're like, well, okay. This is so that's what saved it from an X. This is fun because this totally segues into one of my questions I wanted to ask you was. How many gallons of oh, how sweet. many gallons of blood were used in the production of this film? Just a ballpark, <laughs> oh, <God>. right? <laughs> there was. You knew we had to ask. We <laughs> talked about uh, Lord of the Rings before we got on the air. You know, we talked about yep. Evil Dead. Yep. So Peter Jackson, his great trick oh. in order to get the blood oh. in with the orcs was to make it black, which is a Barry Windsor Smith trick that he used to do with the old Conan comics. I'm just giving you time to think about the, the stats. <laughs> I, I'm padding for Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. Wait, was that, is that true though? Is that what they used to do for the Conan? Oh yeah. Was, was Barry Windsor Black Smith Black? would write, drew really? it's all black. It's, it's beautiful art. I'm obsessed with it. So if you ever need some good images, oh just message gosh. me. And I have a whole playlist on uh, Spotify of Conan the Barbarian audiobooks. I'm kind of a nerd. <laughs> Don't know if you do. No, that's by the way, that whole, Oh my gosh. Like, I think I, we should probably get a beer together sometime. Cause like, I don't know. Like I'm literally, 
that whole genre, even even the uh, what's it called? Um, the weird fiction of back in the day, Conan the Barbarian, H.P. Lovecraft, so all, all that stuff, all written around the same time, 20s, 30s, all the that. Pulp, it's yeah. my jam. Oh, yeah, yeah the dude. Pulps. Yeah. It's just my jam. So, no. So, in answer to your question, our special effects supervisor, I think he literally had beer kegs. That's how he did oh, it. Oh, yeah. Shit. Was he had oh, these awesome. giant <laughs> beer kegs full of fake blood. And I want to say, I want to say over, over 200 gallons, 300 gallons, something, something crazy like that. But it was the way that we did it was an old theater trick because I don't know if you know this, but fake blood stains horribly. Oh, yeah. right, like it right. never comes out of anything. So I learned this trick in theater. It wasn't just me. It was also my John Engie, all those other guys that, that worked on right. it. You take liquid tide what? and you take a certain type of food coloring. Right. So it's basically it's a soap based blood. That's so, so cool. It, it just rockets over everything. But all you have to do is just hose it off. Suck it, it sissy spacek with your corn syrup. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that well, the funny thing is, though, the one thing you cannot do is to take pump hand soap that's alcohol based oh, because that oh, will actually okay. stain it and solidify it into your skin. Oh, great. Right? You have to have a bar of soap and basically just do this. I can't remember if it was Derek who plays Ned in the film. Or I can't remember who it was. It was Noel. One time, like squeezed himself onto his hands. I'm like, oh no! And it was it was in. It oh was no! Like it, it, it could not come That's out. That's awesome. It was it was kind of ridiculous. But no, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gallons of blood, That's and awesome. and uh, it was fun. We had these. Uh, someday I'm gonna I'm gonna release this little special feature. We had this special rig that would go up the at the actor's pant leg. And we would cut a little tiny hole up in the in the chest area, and John would just, you know pump Where up the beer keg as fast and hard as he can, and they go okay, ready, three, two, one, and they just hit it, <laughs> and just just, and we're not even talking a poom, it was a <laughs> just just going, and I, I remember in pre production going, I just love this movie so much. yeah, dude, yeah, that's awesome. It was that's it awesome. was. It, we were so excited to, to shoot with that. I've stuff, seen the but, trick of using yeah. an old fire extinguisher, but never an entire beer keg. That's pretty amazing. Oh, it was cool. It was it was pretty neat. And we had a whole bunch of different stuff, especially for there was that sequence where the barf. We had a whole bunch of green barf <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah, like the, that. Yeah, the old exorcist. And we tried everything. Yeah. The old exorcist <laughs> gag. Exactly. So good. We tried everything. For, we tried to get that into the beer kegs, and it was too thick. It was too viscous because there was we had like cream corn, we had peas, we had all this say, other so stuff. So did you guys use there, the right? old pea soup trick like in the exorcist, we, right? No. It was. It was the old pea soup. We added oatmeal. Oh, God. It was way <laughs> chunky. Oatmeal, I loved that part. Cor- it was just chunky and amazing. But it couldn't come out of, of the beer kegs. So we tried throwing it through buckets and that our aim was way off. The simplest answer was the answer, which was to take a two liter bottle, an empty two liter bottle, <laughs> just suck it all up, aim it and just squeeze. That's awesome. And it just rocketed across the frame and then hit wherever we shot. I want so, that fucking job. Yeah, just imagine like this, Dude. the special effects engineers just like going over in their brains like, okay, what the hell can we figure out? And somebody's just like, squeezing a two liter bottle and they're like hmm (laughs) (laughs) and that's what it came down to i remember we were shooting that sequence at my house and we were just we were pulling our hair and i'm like we're missing every single shot like how do we do this and i was either john or it was our producer adam was like what if we just oh my god that's it yes and there it was if you do a sequel i will do that work pro bono (laughs) yeah absolutely hey if we cameos absolutely Cameos. dude oh my gosh yes cameos 100 cool. um 
last little thing on the on the damn puke was we we because it was inside my house we literally plastered (laughs) the whole entire room with with tarp oh yeah basically and like everywhere right so i don't know who was in charge of like disposing of the tarp but they basically wadded the whole thing up with the pea soup still in it and they took it out to my side yard and i had this old trash can that's not even a trash can it's just empty it's just been there for for forever they stuff it in there cut to Four months later, oh, I stepped to no. my side of my yard. I'm like, what is that smell? And I opened up the trash can. Oh, no, God. No. It's been sitting there rotting for, f- and I would, it just, it almost knocked me out. I was, it was that There's a colony awful, living so. in there. No, no, seriously. There was like protozoa and all <laughs> like teeming with life. It was awful. It was terrible. But kind of amazing but, in uh, a weird way. I bet we're living in God's yeah. uh, trash can on the side yard. <laughs> <laughs> Strange way. You know, when you think about it, you might be true. It might be right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, one, I was going to ask you what was one piece of trivia I could add to the IMDb so that I could look cool. And you've just given me five things to work with. So, let's move on. When you're writing the movie, (laughs) fantastic. When you're, so you're writing it, are you writing with people in mind or did you have to actually hold open casting calls and everything? A little bit of both. Um, So, our, one of my partners, Jacob Givens, uh, was the writer on it. And the, the beautiful thing about being able to work with these guys for, gosh, at the time, we started Good Cops in 2011, we shot it in 2014. So, yeah, three, four years, we were just, Every single week, just riffing on on more comedy and more things and all that stuff. We had this rapport and we would basically finish each other's sandwiches, you know, basically right, at that right, point. Right. I got the Frozen reference um, because I'm a dad. Brian's like, what the fuck? you. <laughs> no, by the way, one of the best movies ever made is Frozen. I'm sorry. Super I will say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Literally, the only thing I but, don't like uh, is Josh Gad, but I just find his In Summer song insufferable. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's it's a little grating, but the rest of it is pretty. Outstanding. It's delightful. I'm so sorry, Brian. No, I'm so it's sorry. Cool. I'm blissfully unaware of anything going on, and it's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh no. So we had this. Uh, we had this rapport. Jake, Noel, Derek, myself. All we just had this comedy just kind of going. So obviously, we wrote the, those roles for those dudes. Nathan Lorch, who played the cop, we've he was in all of our stuff. Walter, right? So, no, he was the, uh, no, Wal- also Walter was in some of our stuff, but Nathan Lorch uh, played Wayne. Wayne, well, sorry, that's a W. Uh, the, one of the yeah, cops that Wayne. finds the, uh, the mustache. The body. Exactly, the mustache. Okay. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. No, Wayne, who, uh, Wayne, who had the mustache, was, who was engaged to, uh, to Got Paige. it, got it. So, uh, so we all, uh, we were basically writing for, Jake was writing for, for these specific people. However, we did not have a page. And we did not have half the other vampires and people that were out there. Noel, who played Charlie, he's also our our wonderful producer, was acting in a machinima short co-starring Whitney Moore, who I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Birdemic. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I'll be completely honest. Oh, boys. Oh, oh. (laughs) Writing it down. How do you spell spell that? Bird. Emic, as in like it's a pandemic, but it's a birdemic. And it is, I'm not kidding, my friends. It is one of, if not the worst movie ever made. (laughs) And I I love me some Ed Wood. I love me some Planet from Outer Space. I love me some all that stuff. However, birdemic is so bad. 
And the wonderful and amazing Whitney Moore was the lead actress in it. And when Noel said, yeah, I worked with Whitney Moore. I'm like, Whitney Moore? <laughs> yes. <laughs> from, wait, no. Like from Burdenic Whitney Moore? And I like I totally fangirled out. I was like, oh my God, Whitney. So we took a little convincing, but we got Whitney to come on board. And so we're like, great. And she she's freaking like, I've only been one in one bad movie. Actors. I can't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you promise me this is a good movie, Clayton Cogs. I'm like, yes, I promise Whitney. I swear I wouldn't stir you wrong but uh no but so, so we had to write it for uh kind of around her and and her style and all that and she just freaking killed it one of the happiest things ever was finding the other cast members out in wisconsin so we, we shot the film in this little tiny town called washburn wisconsin which is where Derek, who plays ned okay in the movie that's where his whole family's from like his Oh, man, he's going to kill me if I don't say this story right. But like it was like his one of his grandfathers or great grand was like the I don't know if he was like the sheriff of the town or like the mayor, or whatever. Anyway, this tiny little place and the Hoggins are all over the place and they're all I mean, everybody knows everybody else. And we went up there because we can basically have the whole run of the town. <laughs> everybody up there. They were the nicest human beings on the face of the planet. Like they gave us like. We were shooting super late one night. They would bring us over like lasagnas. Oh, and like see, that's cookies. awesome. And we, I knew it had to involve oh cheese. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it was, oh, by the way, you've never had cheese until you had Wisconsin cheese, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. But uh, there was but they were the greatest people. But they were also super crazy talented, which was I did not expect. Awesome. So we, we held open auditions up. Derek and I did up in Wisconsin. And we were at this little local live theater venue and all these amazing people kind of came out and I was expecting like a waiting for Guffman kind of like, Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Like horrible auditions. These people freaking killed it. And like, so we were like, okay, I'll take you. I'll take you. I'll take you. And they just basically came out almost every single night, super late and were amazing. And they, they took those roles and just ran with them. So it was very inspiring to watch. So loved it. I really love the neighbor. I love the fact that you, you show him like, <laughs> Almost the Toby Flenderson, like I'm I'm going to church. I'm a good man. I'm a priest. And then like the devolution <laughs> into just having the shittiest life with this woman just right. croaking at him. I loved it. And they just Devil started holding woman. hands and walking. That was probably like some of the most brilliant silliness I've ever seen. I love it. By the way, thank you for saying that. But by the way, do you know who played Mavis, who was the little old lady who was just the evil demon? I don't, but I would love to know. That was Derek's mom. What? Oh, what? That was Derek Hagen's mom. She's never acted in her entire life. Get out. She did a killer job. She, th she did a killer job, right? She was, she even, Derek made her audition for us. Right? <laughs> I'm like, Derek, it's your mom. So we were over at their house up in Wisconsin and Derek's sisters were there and we all had a little bit of wine to drink or whatever. And so one of the sisters went like, mom, do, do, do the thing and do the thing. Like, do the thing. What are you talking about? So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm an audition. Hold on, hold on. She turns around and she turns back to me and she's missing her front tooth. <laughs> it was a bridge. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. And she just started auditioning toothless. Love it. And as this nasty old woman and oh my gosh. I mean, and she's the nicest. I mean, she, I consider her one of my mothers. And <laughs> she just killed it so we're like okay well you got the part so that was Derek's mom and her husband who was Walter was also one of our friends from back here in LA like um he's an actor that's been in a thousand things Arlen God that he's an amazing guy so 
but but yeah, Derek's mom, man. And and after she fin- I'm sorry, this is tangent. Do it. After she finished after she finished acting her scenes, she would go back to her house and then cook the whole crew dinner. Dude, Dude that's awesome. She pays for herself like <laughs> 10 times over. That's awesome. Dude, she was she was the hardest worker on the entire set. Honestly, like she would kill it on set. She's like, "Okay, boys, I got to go back and I got to I got to go cook dinner." And so she would go and make that's, us dinner. That's fucking rips. That's what's so great about some of these small towns, right? Where they just like show out yeah. in droves and and show up in droves and kind of make a big thing out of it when you're like, "I have no idea what's going to happen or what to expect." And they just Oh, you know, welcome you with open arms, and you're like, wow, you know, it's it's amazing. It's very much like the horror community because I gotta say, like, the, yeah. I have been a member of a lot of elitist little groups, like comic collecting <laughs> and the hardcore music scene and stuff like that. And yeah. by and large, horror people are like, They're oh shit, accepting. you're cool, we're cool. It, it, like, there's not a whole lot of like, let's measure our dicks. And so, like, I got I gotta <laughs> right. ask, like, when you present, hey, I'm making this horror comedy to people. Was there anybody mm-hmm. in your regular life who surprised you by their eagerness? Because I talk about our podcast pretty sparingly in real life. And the amount of like outpouring of like support I've gotten from people blows me away. Yeah. And I can only imagine something on your scale. Oh, no, it was absolutely like the the greatest thing is is little by little meeting horror fans like we are, you know, and because it's in our in my little group of friends, we didn't normally run in those circles of like you know hardcore horror fans and stuff like that i I have a few friends that are just like nuts for horror but it wasn't really our scene but i mean i freaking love horror i mean you know you guys know yeah he has credentials everybody (laughs) (laughs) we one of the greatest things was going to some of the festivals going to like even starting the picture and just pitching it and and showing what exactly it is and that we're going to be making a horror comedy all these friends started coming out of nowhere like, oh, my God, I love her. Wait, what are you going to do? Is it going to be like, is it going to be like more like Shaun of the Dead or is it going to be more like on the on the road? You know, all that stuff. And it was it was very encouraging. And, you know, what's the, the most encouraging thing is what's happening right now. Like Derek, who's kind of running our little kind of grassroots marketing, is finding all these wonderful little niche places and all that other stuff that like is is the community and it's been so freaking welcoming and so exciting to be a part of because it's it's i don't know like i think it's so many uh so so many people in the horror community they all are kind of at their heart filmmakers and they understand like what it takes to actually throw blood across the screen and they want to get their little fingers in as do i as do all of us you know and just to get messy with all the green goo and all that stuff so it's been just amazing it's wonderful i gotta give a big thank you to Derek because he's the one who set up this interview and so he followed our show and one thing that i do a lot is i message you know anything that looks like it might be shenanigans just to see like (laughs) is there a human being i sent a message like hey what's up we could collaborate boom when boom here's clayton's information boom what do i need i was like fuck that's so refreshing like yeah. I won't, I'm not yeah, going to throw anybody dude. specifically under the bus. But there are some fucking terrible movies that I wanted to support and I will never see <laughs> cough, power bomb, cough. <laughs> no, but that, but you talk about a horror fan, Derek, Derek is on shutter. I, I think it plays on in his house 24 hours a day, seven days. There you go. Like the guy, he just, and he, the, the schlockier, the better for him. Yeah you know oh my gosh i mean in in all fronts not just horror but i mean like i think he introduced me to uh 
hard ticket to Hawaii. Oh God. You know, and, and movies like that. It's like, <laughs> what the, how, what, what is this man? Yeah. Like he's, he's the ultimate cinephile. So like I, I thought I was, and I don't hold a candle to that man. Like he's, he's got a brain that I don't understand how it works. For sure. But it so, goes, okay. yeah. I was going to say, um, so I know you had, you had said that, uh, you know, some of the people that, um, that you knew were coming up to you and saying like, well, what kind of film is it? Is it something like Shaun of the Dead? Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, um, I mean, from watching it, it seemed like I did get hints of Shaun of the Dead. I did get hints of like Tucker and Dale, uh, you know, yeah. or um, I even kind of got something like Trailer Park Boys. Essentially, it seems like it's a little bit of like a <laughs> little bit of bubbles in there. You know totally, what I mean? So uh, totally, is, is yeah. there any other kind of references in there that are kind of hidden oh, that, you know, came to mind? Well, you know, for me, there uh, there's the Holy Trinity. OK, there's Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah. There's Edgar Wright. Oh. And there's Stephen Chow. Oh. Now, Stephen Chow does like Kung Fu Hustle yep. and Shaolin Soccer and stuff like that. So like he doesn't do a lot of horror. Well, there's also John Carpenter, John Carpenter. Well, uh, well specifically yeah, like body bags, specifically. <laughs> well, Derek, Derek kind of based his character a little bit on Jack Burton from uh, <laughs> I could totally see that in little China. <laughs> he needed to have a little bit of like a southern draw, I think. And then, uh, <laughs> Ex- yeah, exactly. But it was like, oh, God, what is that? Like, oh, come on, pal. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're doing Jack Burton really well, man. <laughs> but no, it was uh, God. I just. I don't know. My heart, my heart belongs to, to Sam Raimi. I don't yeah. I mean, ever since Jake, Jake, who played Jerry in the film introduced me to Sam. Not, not personally. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I might die if like, I actually like Sam, heavy, but, heavy uh, breathing. But no, I think uh, he first introduced me to, to evil dead two in college when we were like sophomores or something like that. And I remember watching it going, you can do that. Yeah. Like we, we, this is, it's like a Muppet movie, yeah. but it's a horror film and it's legitimately scary at parts, but it's just super invent. I mean, it was, yeah, it was outstanding. So like, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, we, we were, we referenced a lot of, I don't know when, <laughs> one thing that I learned from Sam that is so beautiful because it's so cheap is whenever you cannot afford a bad guy, whenever you can't afford a monster, the camera is the, is monster. the monster. Which you totally do. That's what we were talking about oh actually off film. We yeah. talked about the point of view. Yeah. yeah, The point of view I thought was really cool in this film and it's so much different than compared to a lot of other vampire flicks. When it comes to, it seems like it's like a silent stalker. Whereas in this, oh, totally. in this you actually get the, the heavy breathing, almost like guttural growls. Mm-hmm. Right. It was it was almost we wanted to kind of make it feel like it's from the point of view of an animal, because at the at the end of the day, the the original notion of what a vampire is, it's no longer human. If it was ever human, right. it could have been a Strigoi, which was, you know, basically this the the damned soul of something that was encapsulated within um, a beast of some sort or whatever. So we wanted to make it less sparkly and less human and make it much more of a beast, you know, and we could, we didn't have much money, (laughs) but we could only afford, God, how many makeup things, uh, prosthetics did we have? We had, I think we only had like four or five faces for Nathan who played the, uh, the vampire. Okay. So, Cause that was it yeah. like that's, and then we were tapped out and every single time we took it off, it's like, okay, well we can get, 
three more uses out of this face and then it's just going to fall apart. So like, God, okay. So then we had to put it on. So we had to get creative on how we shot this thing with so many scenes without really showing them until like those moments that are really counted. And the other thing was Nathan was an average height guy. Uh, The vampire, we wanted to have him be over seven feet. I think he was like seven foot six or something like that. So, and we couldn't, (laughs) couldn't afford good, like movie stunt stilts. So we went to, went to Home Depot and we bought, I remember I worked on a, a, in my, in my normal life, I, I sometimes shoot uh, documentaries and like reality shows and stuff back in the day. For sure. I was shooting a home, a home building show. And I remember seeing the painter stilts, the painter. Love it. I remember watching these guys. I'm like, oh my God. And like these giant, I mean, these things, they added four feet to these dudes. I'm like, that's insane. So we were like, I know what to do. So we went to Home Depot <laughs> and bought painter stilts and put Nathan in those yeah. and just awesome. ran Good with it. Ingenuity. So yeah, it works. Yeah, man. And yeah, you, dude, you, nobody would know that cloak hides it perfectly. So you've mentioned John Carpenter. You've mentioned Sam Raimi. And this kind of goes to yeah. Brian's point. Was the breathing a conscious choice? Because I, as soon as I hear the breathing and I see the perspective, mm. it, I felt like you have the breathing of Michael Myers, the stupid clown mask. You have the perspective sure. of the demon from Evil Dead. Uh, was that kind sure. of a choice or was that just kind of born out oh, of? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was, well, it was, it was a little bit of both. It was, it was, you know, knowing that it's an animal, right? And, oh, you know, we did the same gag. We did the very same gag in Tumbleweed, the second episode of Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed, if, if you don't know, is based on the, the game Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. And I remember I was binge playing that game one night. I got really far in the game. I was really excited, but I'm out in the middle of the desert and I was suddenly randomly killed from behind by a freaking bobcat. Got him. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> so we put that into Tumbleweed where I shot the same kind of a thing, the camera going low. and But it was really effective to put sounds of a bobcat underneath that. I'm like, oh. So when we shot House Harker. I'm like, yeah, but we really have to like get this, you know, this big, crazy, nasty, you know, thing underneath it. So it's just you feel the the bass boom behind it. And no, this isn't some Bella Lugosi or not some Edward you know right right whatever his name not is not a prim proper basically yeah. gliding no he's not a prim and proper Basi- thing this is basically this is going uh, to tear your face off it's not the new batman is what you're saying Ro- robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> i'm okay with it correct as a guy with over 2000 comics here's the thing here's the thing he wasn't in geely so i don't give a fuck that's true that's true <laughs> there's my hot take i mean he definitely has his merits my over man. ben affleck so that's hey, that's my man you. so let me ask you a yeah. question on your resume now do you say that jeff bezos yes. is your boss <laughs> technically what well, mm, <laughs> i know legally he's not wow. but it's just so how no, like he's not technical. actually he was my boss what? for one i shot a documentary for amazon oh that's cool red so technically he is <laughs> or was but not for house harker <laughs> i love it man <laughs> yeah or was it was only like a one thing one time gig but uh, so how'd you end up with amazon that's such a crazy cool partnership because i scroll through amazon was, every time i'm like oh, you know man. i'll put in like godzilla film prime and nothing is yeah. on prime and then i just go through all the movies i'm not willing to pay and then so yeah. to see something that was like really fun off of amazon prime probably the first time yeah, since man. jack ryan that's happened to me yeah <laughs> No, it was it was actually kind of cool. We had met. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I have so many damn anecdotes. I apologize. This is going to be like the longest podcast ever. We met this guy named Morris Ruskin, who was is the proud owner, 
the founder of the company called Shoreline Entertainment. And if you see the in the movie, the very beginning title card kind of thing is Shoreline Entertainment. With the beach ball. So the, with the beach ball. Exactly. So they basically, they um, were our, the, one of the production companies. They were the sales agent and stuff like that. And they basically got out there and hit the pavement and found us the Amazon Prime thing, which was wonderful. Fucking awesome. The other funny, the funny anecdote is... Uh, Morris Ruskin plays Dad Harker in the movie. How cool is that? Huh. Those flashbacks. So the <laughs> it started as a joke. There's a in the film. There's a portrait of the dad that just passed away. The mom who's played by Jake. <laughs> I love that. By the way, I love that. <laughs> right? And and uh, the three kids, which is basically it's little young Charlie is Noel's actual son. Young Paige is my daughter, Imogen, and young Jerry is Jake's son, Ewan. How cool is that? And so we, yeah, so we were like, okay, well, we got to make this prop. This is this funny gag. So, all right, Noel, we're going to your house. Who can we get to play Dad Harker just for this one shot? Oh, you know what? Let's call Morris. He would love it. So we basically set up this portrait. We take the photo. We blow it up, and there's the prop. We're shooting the movie, shooting the movie, shooting the movie. Suddenly, we have this idea of adding these flashbacks to kind of understand these characters more and more the coming which i love by the way i would never have guessed that that was a supplemental thing i thought that was integral in like the writing process because it it wasn't in the very beginning but as we're going we're like oh my gosh you know we gotta do and it just kind of fell into place there but which meant that we had to call morris and be like so have you ever (laughs) acted before awesome (laughs) and he'd never acted before and i think he freaking killed it it was great like he, we brought him out for like a day or two and had him shoot and, and there it was. So that was, that's Morris. He's the, and that dude, that dude, he produced uh Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Like this is, this is a guy who's, nice. who's seen some stuff, that's man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So he's, yeah, he's a really, he's a really good so dude. You, we you, love him so you much. said that your daughter played as the young, uh, page, page, right. In the film. Yeah. So if if I remember correctly, she does like a sweet ass roundhouse kick in the film. Like, did you, (gasps) well, that was, (laughs) no, that was, we actually had three pages in the movie. The little baby one at the time was my daughter. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. The younger sweet, awesome roundhouse kick page was, so I work a lot. And one of my, 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 one of my best buddies, uh, his name is Kevin. Uh, he's my executive producer on a whole bunch of TV stuff that we do. His daughter is this incredible actress, singer, whatever. And I was like, you know, she kind of looks like Whitney. Do you mind if she comes out for like a day and does a roundhouse kick? And oh, yeah, yeah it's fine. It's fine. And again, she did amazing. She killed it. Uh, she did a killer job because the, f- the plot as it develops between those two characters, when she talks about very candidly, like, why am I defending my older brothers? Or like, can you imagine what it's like? I got such an interesting and poignant idea. That's, you know, yeah, I've man. never seen explored on film. Yeah, no, thank you. That was, I, yeah, I just love Michaela's performance. She did such a good job. And and the other thing is her her big brother in real life, uh, Dylan Williams, played young Quincy in the very beginning of the movie. The, the young kid who actually kills the vampire. So oh, it's wow. all, I mean, literally this entire movie is one giant family friends like, oh my gosh, who do we know for the love of Pete? We that could only grab who we that's know. really cool though because i mean it's essentially like the grassroots thing where everything's kind of built up from from the family from the friends everybody just contributes and it 
and it worked. And we've talked about that before. That's like exactly right. Low budget horror has two ways of doing it. Either you hire all of your friends. Or you're in the woods. Or you do trauma and you just have people pay to be in your movie and suck no. at it. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Should have done that. Uh, we reviewed. People pay to be in the movie. When you, we did a series called uh, Toxic Avengers Pod Game where us and a few other podcasts got together and reviewed the series. And they get progressively worse. And you could just see Lloyd Kaufman being like, okay, oh, wow. I'm making up for my lack of ticket sales imagine, with you and you and you. Just just imagine yep. if you have like enough, yep. enough, you have enough rabid followers where you start like Patreon and you're like, for 150 yeah. bucks, you can be in the movie. <laughs> you get to be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. By the way, Lloyd Kaufman, again, one of my heroes. Yeah. The, the fact that that dude did all that and then went to Washington to actually be an advocate for the arts and all. I mean, yeah, it's just amazing. That man. Absolutely crazy. Genius. But you got to love it. That's yeah. So that, that gets to another point uh, with digital yeah. media and streaming being as it is and everything. I'll be completely candid with you. If Derek yeah. hadn't followed me on Instagram, I'm probably not watching your movie. No offense to you. Sure. There's just so yeah. fucking much. And there's so much. How stressful is that to you? Because it's it, it's far worse than the <laughs> idea. Like I imagine in the old days, it was like a mama bird watching her little bird try and fly. And for you, you're putting right. it out there and it's just a crowded mess of birds and pterodactyls flying <laughs> around. And you're like, how the oh, fuck yeah. does this little bird do it? Yeah, yeah. not only is- there's no way that bird is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like and most birds would be today. No, it's honestly, it's terrifying because I mean, as a guy who has like, I'm, I'm pretty amiable and able to handle myself in a room. But at the end of the day, what not a lot of people know about me is I have quite a bit of social anxiety inside. So like getting onto any form of of social network, it just kind of gives me like a, oh, wow. You know, and just knowing that I have to get out there and promote, promote, promote market, market, network, network. And it's like, it's terrifying. Yeah, dude. And the fact that, I mean, and I'm so grateful for Derek. Oh my gosh. That fact that he's actually, A, that he knows how to use those Insta, Insta webs things and the Twitters and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But uh, no, but it's, it's it's such a strange, it's a strange place to be in right now because I, huh, it's, there's a lot of people who get a lot of notoriety and money and fame for doing nothing. Yeah. And a, a lot of that. And I, and I, I've, you know, I've in the business that I've, that I work in, I see a lot of that. And, and like a lot of the influence, I hate that word, by the way, influencers. Oh my God. The worst. Is, it's the worst word in the world because what are they influencing? But, um, a lot of these folks literally are just, they, it used to be that you would have to be an actor, have some talent and also be pretty. Yep. Now they just have to be pretty. And they make more money than I'll ever see. Yeah, it's, the broken and clock is right twice a day. If you put somebody in front of a camera for 42 hours, they can say their line once decently. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Hashtag well, Kardashian. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing. It's like, I mean, and even I don't I mean, it's I hate it. God, it's just talking way out of school here. But. OK, going back to Sam Raimi, when they made Evil Dead, right? Not a lot of people were making crazy low budget films at all, yeah. back in the day at all back in the day it went nowhere in the united states nobody wanted to see it it went to england for like i think it was like a film festival that stephen king just happened to be at and he went in and watched one screening of it and was like wow that's great guys and he wrote wow this movie just blew me away or whatever it was 
And that's what blew up the movie and got distribution and all that other stuff and then started it because there were there was not a lot of, yeah, that's crazy. you know, little, small, tiny, independent films like that. Right? Can I impress you with Today, my research? Your yeah. film won the Audience Award in España, correct? It did. Thank you. You can go it back did. about your business. It did. <laughs> no, it was uh, the Nocturne of Film Festival. Oh, my gosh. Guys, speaking of the joy of the horror community, there is nobody, nobody like the Spanish horror community. Oh, my gosh. Like, we're awesome here in the United States for horror, right? The Spanish, they hold it up to a level that is just heartwarming. Like, they just eat it up. And, like, the, the, uh, before every single movie at the Nocturna International Film Festival, they had this, uh, their, I, I don't want to say it's like their patron state, but it's, it's basically their, it's their, um, ah, uh, it's not their logo. It's, the, it's their mascot is Cthulhu. Oh, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> and so every single time Cthulhu would come up, the whole audience would go nuts. Like, Cthulhu! And then everybody would be shouting and screaming. And like it was we had like standing ovations and freaking all these. I mean, press. It was like the most amazing experience I've I've ever seen. So it was it was wonderful. It was the greatest experience ever. And plus it was Madrid, which was the most beautiful place right. ever. So. It was great. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, but it's 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 a crazy world that we're in right now where it's like, you know, everybody can make a film, you know, and nobody will see it. And and it's I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to go back to thinking about William Castle. He, he was the guy that produced. Um, oh, my gosh. All those old, wonderful 1950s movies like um, The Tingler. And things like he was the guy that John Goodman's character was based on in matinee. Gotcha. Okay. And he was this guy who was like this big ballyhoo. Like he would have all the audience members sign waivers. Like if you die from fright from my movie, <laughs> you know, you should, you know, the insurance policy me, and all okay? that. Yeah. The insurance policy. He hired nurses to literally be in front of the theater in case somebody has a heart attack and dies in these schlocky, wonderful. He's he did the original uh, 13 ghosts back in the 50s oh, okay. or 60s. And like wonderful schlock horror kind of a guy. Right. There's a part of my brain that goes, it might take that again, yeah. you know, to actually get noticed, you know, and yes, it's all Twitter. Yes, it's all Instagram. Yes, it's all this stuff. But if you can have a bit of ballyhoo in it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That would definitely absolutely. get noticed, I, mean, I think. You look back at like when they did like Cannibal Holocaust, right? And you had mm-hmm. all the all mm-hmm. the actors disappear, not show up, not right. do any press. That's that's right. Kind of seems like, you know, you're onto something there where you're like, we need some oh sort of intrigue, right? That's right. Well, I remember seeing Blair Witch Project for the first time in, in 99. Uh, the first week it came out, I knew nothing about it. Oh. It was in the theater. My brother and I saw it. And we literally stopped at the end of it going, is, is that, is that real? Like I had <laughs> right, no idea. Right. And for the first month, they didn't say if it was real or yep. not until then. Okay. The kids would start being on, you know, on Conan O'Brien or on, you know, all the different, you know, talk shows or whatever. But, you know, for the first like two, three weeks, it was like, no, this is real. And well, that caused yeah. so much. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of overlap and it's really funny when I hear people look down their nose as a horror fan at like pro wrestling, but the overlap between oh, the mediums themselves brilliant. is like scary compar- comparable and like the gimmick is everything. Yeah. Like you could be the best in-ring 100%. performer ever and nobody gives yeah. a fuck unless you can talk yeah. you or you could just it. talk and nobody That's gives right. a fuck unless you can wrestle. That's, I mean, perfect example, Ronda Rousey. 
Yeah. Right? She's like oh a she's like a phenomenal athlete, but you put her in front of a camera yeah. and she's like she, she couldn't play her fucking self. Can we talk about that? No, no, it's, <laughs> Jesus. No, but but you know, I have to I have to admit, I was never a fan of wrestling until I talked to my buddy Tom and I was like, why do you like because this is a rabid, rabid wrestling fan. And I was like, why? And he's like, dude, it's opera. Yeah. Yeah. What are you ta- yeah. what are you talking about? It's like, no, it's theater. It's opera. It's kabuki theater. I mean, we're talking these juggernauts of stories and these iconoclastic characters, good versus evil, and there's sex involved and there's life and death and 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 I went, oh my God. And I started watching it and it's so brilliant. It's like the greatest thing. It's a, it's some of the greatest American theater yep. that's yep. out there Absolutely. is Absolutely. pro wrestling. Well, and I, com- by I compare it. So in watching your movie specifically, your runtime is perfect for me where I'm at in life. Like <laughs> it's, oh a, it's a perfect, well, it is, it is the perfect, that is like the perfect amount of time, right? It's an hour and 20. Yeah, dude. Like an hour 30, like there's, you could have gone longer. And I'm so sure. grateful that you didn't because so many writer directors are like afraid to throw the baby out with the bathwater and they want to make sure that every idea they've ever had, they put in this movie, gets it on screen, you're like <laughs> just cut it. And that's one of the things Like we live yeah. in a, a an age where like, for instance, I don't watch WWE or whatever. If I do mm-hmm, end up mm-hmm. like stumbling on any kind of pro wrestling, it's something that's indie. So these guys know yeah, yeah. you're not giving me any kind of credit. You've never seen me wrestle before. I have to convey everything right. in a short, succinct right. way. And that's going to be it. And I can see that in your kind of your craft. Like you're saying, I don't have a TV show that this is spin off <laughs> of. You don't have established right. characters. You don't have huge name actors. Yeah, we don't we don't have Papa right. Papa yeah. Vince McMahon behind yeah. us, right? So right. yeah, <laughs> nobody's right. giving yeah. you the benefit of the doubt. So you have to do it in this very specific linear way. Is that something that you were mindful of through the whole process, including the, you know, what sounds like kind of arduous post-production schedule? Oh, by by far. I mean, it was yeah. you're absolutely right we were almost honestly it was the minor leagues of baseball that we were we were hitting for which i like more than the majors which is funny because the you're watching guys try that much harder and just play as hard as they freaking can to get to the good life right now they're holding second jobs oh yeah right right. they're playing for peanuts yeah they're playing for peanuts exactly and i think that is indie filmmaking that's indie horror filmmaking it's like if you don't come out there with your A game, you know, it's like either you make the greatest non-movie ever made or you make the worst non-movie ever made. And either way, you're going to get noticed. Yep. If you make a kind of a, then you're definitely yeah, not going to get noticed. Yeah, right? nothing setting you apart from any of the other. Yeah. No, totally. And, and, and it, about runtime, it was like, you know, we we cut it and cut it and cut it and, and kept it moving as, as fast as we could. The script, the final script was like 130 pages and, and normally it's a page a minute. Yep. So it should have been 130 minutes, but it would turn out to be like 86 or something like that. And we actually had concern from Shoreline from all these other places kind of saying like, you can't cut it any further or else it's a short film. You know? Yeah. And it was, you know, and we're like, okay, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. We have to just get all the best things in there. But it was, you know, one thing that I, that I, I wish I had more of now that I watch it again was of course, I mean, I, I wish I did not have any more time because that thing took forever, <laughs> but uh, I wish I could have had, like, I watched some of the great, the great horrors and i see how many set pieces great like dead alive right right, right. absolutely Those set pieces oh what i mean it's it, it's in my top eight for sure films of all time is dead alive 
even bad taste, you know, was just uh, outstanding. Yeah. But yeah, but Peter Jackson knew about set pieces yep. and like, OK, it's like one big set piece here and just nail it. OK, and then story, story, story. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, set piece number two and all that stuff. I wish I just had like one or two other big, massive, awesome set pieces. But I could totally see that. Know, yeah, that'll be the next one, you know, I mean, but, uh, but you know what? The next one. I, I, I can imagine <laughs> the, uh, you know, carrying around the, the chainsaw with the stakes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Sick ass prop. That was, it was, it was, and that was a, we, we were trying to figure out that prop. All those stakes, by the way, were these wonderful foam rubber stakes. And they were, they were so lightweight that if Derek picked it up and moved too much, you would just see them go, (laughs) you know, and like they, it was like, okay, that is so fake. But duct taping those stakes to that chainsaw, the first time we saw it, we're like, oh, this is wonderful. That's just great. So that turned out pretty well. That's definitely like if I was making a video game that starred me, that's definitely the kind of thing that would be like my special <laughs> weapon. You know, like you're playing Double yep. Dragon and suddenly like you get to the part where you can use your move and you're like, bam. Yep. And just take out everybody with a one fell swoop. So another yep. question. You gave yes, your sir. life to this film. And you gave your life on this film as Boris. Who directed the scene with that? I got to (laughs) know. Oh, my gosh. That was. Oh, that's a good question. Who is holding the camera? (gasps) Well, Max, I think Max, Max Margolin, who is our uh, our director of photography, was was running through there. It was it was a combination of Noel, Jake, Derek, all those dudes that know me so well for forever. And, you know, they were I was like, should I how do I should I angle it? Like, dude, just stop thinking and just just be Boris. I'm like, fine, fine. Yes. But should I like shut up and just do okay, fine, fine. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This there's a reason why I'm not in front of the camera. I I used to be an actor back in the day, but then I just I just got worse and worse and worse as time <laughs> You're went like, on. You know I'm what? Like, you know I'm what? better behind the camera instead of yeah. in front of <laughs> And I can eat whatever I want. Yeah, dog. <laughs> so that kind of goes to another point. The movie uh, like there are a bunch of movies that kind of poke fun at actors because we make fun of our experiences, right? Makes fun of film. Sure. One of the most iconic ones that I could think of that's comparable to your film is Murder Party. And it definitely makes fun of the actor trope, right? Sure. As a guy who grew up doing theater as well, I can appreciate it, oh, but nothing is worse than looking over to the person beside you, expecting them to laugh, and they just look at you like you're a fucking mongoloid. So my question, oh, it's awful. how did you pull yourself back to have a very fair medium where you have twirl, which is a fucking hilarious premise, <laughs> You have this overacted character, but it's not to a point where the layman can relate. Sure. No, absolutely. I I have to give complete kudos and credit to two people on that. Well, three, two main people, Jake Givens, who who played Jerry and who was the twirl guy uh, who wrote the damn thing. And John Inge, who was our visual effects and special effects supervisor but he also got a credit as second unit director because he directed twirl love it (laughs) that's awesome and they derek is the third guy who i had to thank because he produced twirl because it was i was literally i was so steeped within post tim sloan who's our amazing composer sound post-production sound guy in production sound guy all that stuff he and I were basically living together for like five months like every single day just doing the whole thing 
And it was time to shoot twirl. And I remember just telling Noel, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I don't have it in me. Like, and don't you think it should be somebody else? Like a different feel to another kind of, I mean, please, Noel, don't make me shoot twirl. What a sales pitch and, on this guy. Jeez. Oh man. And it was, and we're like, you know, John, John needs to, I mean, he's, he's a director. He's a really good director and like, you know, give it to him. And, and, uh, and yes, a hundred percent. So, uh, John freaking killed it. I remember that one of the very first things was they wrote like a 30 page trailer and it was like this massive, <laughs> no. like helicopter shots and huge <laughs> and like high school, like well, cast of thousands. And now we were like, great. Um, so that's more expensive than, than the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, scale it back a bit and all that. But, uh, but at the end of the day, it was just, it was just a perfect little montage to all those beautiful lifetime movies and all that stuff <laughs> so that good i just i'm kind of addicted to so i'll never forget yeah, my grandma trying job. to sell me on seeing billy elliott in the theaters and being like no oh, like sure. you can't it's bribe like, me enough sorry i know i i'm a little too sore for my theater days yeah. i don't know like it's yeah there's there was a lot J jake and i met in theater school oh. uh in college at university of illinois and uh there was a lot of pent up aggression towards theater, yeah. especially amateur theater for, for him and me. So it was like, okay, dude, do your, do your best and do your worst. Don't worry. So. The black turtleneck sweater did not go unnoticed <laughs> by me. Good, sir. Good. Good. <laughs> Cause that's, that's his, that's Jerry, man. He's all theater all the time. So, so good. It's such, so perfect. Ryan, did you have anything? I have yeah. one last question so you can go if you got it. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask about, um, I know you were saying, you know, being in Wisconsin, dealing with the killer cold. Um, what was the coldest oh. it ever, like it got out while you guys were working? I mean, I, I was in oh, Wyoming man. working um, for Halliburton for a little bit. It was in the yeah. negative 20s and it was yep. fucking awful. You're talking about polar yep. vortexes too, right? That's what I read. Yeah. Huh. So that was, uh, we had a, we had a, a pretty tight production schedule. We, oh gosh, it was only a couple of weeks to shoot the whole movie. And, uh, and we planned it right. <laughs> the reason why we planned it at this time was, uh, my son was born, uh, in August. So I was like, well, it can't go out there in August. Uh, then Jake's little son was born in like September. Oh, wow. So we're like, well, we can't go there in September. Uh, so October. Great. Holy so shit. We, both, we <laughs> left our wives with these newborns. Wow. Okay? The worst husbands in the world. I mean, I can't believe that we did I that. I still see a wedding so we band on your finger. Hey, How hey, can kudos, that be? No, hey, it's still there. Kudos no, to the still... wives for, uh, yeah. Oh, man. No. And actually, Jake's wife, Jamie, played young Mavis, the young evil wife of walter so that was that's jamie that's hilarious who's also an actress who's amazing she did a killer job too um oh my gosh yeah my wife sang on the soundtrack all this stuff. so either way we go out there in october to do our thing and we're gonna start filming like it was like november 3rd we're like okay we have two weeks or something crazy like that and we I think we, we called all the locals. Like, when does it start snowing? Like, Oh, it doesn't start snowing until probably about Thanksgiving. We're like, great. We'll be home by like the week before Thanksgiving. It'll be just perfect. It'd be great. <laughs> so come, I want to say like October 10th or something like that. Here comes the polar vortex. Jesus. And it hits so hard. And I've never seen more snow in my entire life. <laughs> Uh, and I went to school in Illinois, man. Like, oh, I've seen so some snow. You know cold. But this was, <laughs> oh, I, oh, man. 
in one night, it snowed. Oh, God. It was something just insane. Five feet? Oh, no. Or something like that. <laughs> like the drifts. It was like literally nothing. So that there was that one scene where uh, Ned unveils the naked wooden page. Which right? is and divine. And seeing. Oh, that's good. <laughs> good. Uh, it was just actually carved by a local wood carver. It was wonderful. Uh, but... Uh, you start seeing little snow flurries. Well, that was the night that the vortex hit. So we shot that. Derek's dad comes up to us and he goes, yeah, you know, boys, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of snow tomorrow. We're like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. He goes, no, no, like a lot of snow. <laughs> oh, okay. He goes, what I would recommend is you, you go to Home Depot and you get one of those big tarps. Like, uh, we're like, what, like a 10 footer? They're like, oh, no, no. They sell like a good 50 footer. We're like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we buy two tarps and we lay it out in front of the house. These massive, huge, I mean, it, we literally cover the entire front of the whole house so that we can peel it back to reveal the grass underneath for different stuff. So we put it out there. It dumps like the size of a small human, right? <laughs> and we're like, oh my God, that's insane. So we basically shot the ending scene uh, when they all come out in the, in the virgin snow. Yeah. And we've had more comments like, it never snows that much in one night. We're like, no, it does. <laughs> it totally does. And that scene we shot the very next day. But we had to put these signs up that said, no walking here. Because basically, if you step on plastic, that on snow on top of plastic, you go, Sook, and you are down in a second, right? And as we're hanging these signs, do not walk here. All of us are falling all over the place like a bunch of Muppets. So I think the coldest it got was uh, one of our last nights of shooting. I burned my hands because I lost my gloves, burned my hands on C-stands and all that stuff. Oh, no. Uh, it was, I think it was negative eight. Yeah. And that was the scene that uh, the guy playing Sheriff Wayne had to be in just his T-shirt. Oh, geez. Ooh. So he had to run outside for the fight with Ned. So he's he punching Ned and all that stuff. It was like negative eight, negative nine. And this poor guy is just, no, I got one more in me. I'm like, dude, get inside where it's warm, please. We broke the lens. We had this wide angle lens and we had this big long one that would start from the front of the house into the side of the house and through the house and then out of the house. From the differential of the temperature, oh, no. it would go from negative five to 68 oh, inside no. and then back out to negative five, crack the lens. Oh, that's crazy. Gee. So we're like, well, that's a wrap yeah, that's like, for tonight. That's like face hurting cold. Like your your nostrils freeze, like your little nose hairs yeah. freeze and it's, it's no problem. Oh, yeah. We, we couldn't talk anymore. Like our lips froze just that thing. We kind of talk start talking like Bill Cosby. Yeah. No. yeah meanwhile, like the, meanwhile, like the Wisconsin natives are like in like fucking board shorts and like sandals. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is nothing. Oh, you should have seen it last year. Oh, man. No, but that was it was super, super crazy. Uh, crazy cold but we we got it done and the other it we got so nailed with with the winter that we actually had to drive home with half a movie and so we and we we didn't have enough money to actually fly anybody so we were driving from wisconsin back to la holy fuck and that's remember, a long drive oh, to think about how am i gonna <laughs> fill half of a movie <laughs> no literally we're literally driving and my brain is going i'm like oh no i don't have that no, no, I don't have that. Oh, shoot. I didn't get that. Oh, no. So I I just had panic attack after panic attack. Ugh. And finally, we're like, okay, well, we have no money. We're going to have to shoot every single weekend and for until it's done. And that took about six months of weekend shooting. So it, it, but we got it done. Hey, it worked and out, man. It all worked out. Yeah, man. End. 
Yeah, man. So it was it was good. And we are definitely not the types to blow smoke if we didn't enjoy it. So this leads me to my last question of the night. You have yes, done sir. cop comedy. You have done Western comedy. <laughs> you have done horror comedy. What is your oh, next genre you plan to attack? And don't waste your time pandering to our fans because we all love schlock and we'll find whatever it is. Oh, it doesn't have to be horror. You know what? I hate to say this. I hate to say this. This is going to go the exact exact opposite of what you would expect. I kind of want to make a Christmas movie. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally down. Could it be a Christmas comedy? <laughs> No, absolutely. Okay. I kind of want to make like, but like go so far to the opposite extreme. I want to make one of those like Hallmark Channel <laughs> Christmas movies okay. where okay. it's like she's a princess who finds Christmas holiday spirit within her soul. Or what, I, I mean, he's a cynical but, postman who hates giving Christmas cards to Santa. It's, yeah. it's it's called Santa in the mail. Yeah. So, I mean, th- I think that would yeah, be man. a blast to do. Either that or like a British, like um, Guy Ritchie style, like you know, when like, everybody can't talk like this, you know, and like right. So I'm gonna like mess you up, and then I'm gonna mess you up over day. You know, one of those you know Guy Ritchie things. Why great, waste your time with two movies? Make it the same one movie. <laughs> That's so- Jathan Statham is the postman. Yes, it's a very Statham Christmas. You know where he's not. I mean, essentially, he is like the Steven Seagal of now. Oh shit! Shots fired across the bow. Man, oh man, no, that's such a good idea. Oh my gosh, Jason Statham's Christmas. Where he's like, he's got. He accidentally kills Santa with a ballpoint pen. And he's going along. I've got to take the pack on my Christmas cry for all the little kitties out there. Dude, I would watch the heck oh, out absolutely, of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, man. <gasps> what a great idea. We want a writing credit. <laughs> oh, boys, boys, if we do this, you are getting hey. writing credits. <laughs> and or oh, cameo. Man. Don't forget that. <laughs> exactly. We got to get killed exactly. in the most ridiculous way possible. I call dibs on being oh. Jason Statham stunt cock. Dude, yes, that's a good idea. I, you know, I, I heard he doesn't need one, but you, you know, you can jump in there. Fun fact: know? my cock and balls have about the same amount of hair on them as Jason Statham's head. <laughs> so keeping it, uh, you, so you're kind of keeping the marriage spicy here, kind of keeping it you know, nice and trim. Yeah. Yeah, that's landscape. a good, good. That's a good way to end the interview. I like that. That's good. <laughs> so Clayton, uh, I oh, know you're man. bad at it, uh, but plug all you got to about. Uh, oh shit! I didn't ask you about the title of the film. So, How did you reach the title of the film? It's it's kind of wordy. Originally, but, uh, originally it was just a line on the T-shirt. Exactly. Uh, so I, I think it was. I can't remember what the original line of the uh, what the original title of the movie was. I honestly, I mean, it was so many years ago. But it was as we were reading through the first draft of the script. Jerry holds up a t-shirt that reads, I had a bloody good time at house Harker. And I went, guys, that's the, that's the, that's the title. And they were like, no, 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 that would never be like, no, think about it. Like, that's like, that's, uh, that's like, I spit in your grave. It's like, what, you know, or it's like one of those titles that you like Tucker and Dale versus evil. It's like, okay, I kind of, what? Well, it's wordy, but it makes sense. Like like the pun is there, but it's also beyond the pun because it's, you know, it's kind of giving away what the movie is. It's not, it's not quite as artful as Birdemic, but I think it's there. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and totally. And that was, and we know that we are not the most talented at creating shock and awe horror, you know, like that's not our strong suit. So like, I think the, our strong suit is the kind of zany, fun comedy side of it with a lot of blood. Hell yeah. You know, so it's, it's not like a full on horror film. Like that'll scare you. Like nobody's scared by this movie, you know, but it's, but we want it to be one of those throwbacks to those 80s wonderful schlocky movies you know or where you have a really fun time watching it yeah so I, mean, I think that was the title uh, you know again we go back to blood diner it's it's both jake and i's probably favorite movie we've watched since we've seen yeah, it man. and this is along the same oh. lines so thank you that's that's you. high praise by the way because uh, by the way you guys you have spoiled me because i <laughs> i you've not spoiled me you have ruined me because i cannot <laughs> find a copy of blood diner and i i ever since listening to your podcast i have literally been watching every single trailer watching every single anything i can about blood diner and i've never seen well, it and i'm i'm dying you'll, to see you'll it. get it and then we'll we'll we're <sighs> looking forward to your response to it Oh my gosh, yes. I cannot wait to, to revel in that beauty. Spoiler alert. Brian and I have talked about making that the yearly tradition of this show. Instead of doing a year in review, <gasps> doing a yearly Blood Diner review to show like how we appreciate yeah. it as years come by. So I'm inviting you here and now if you'd like to be the guest spot come January to do Blood Diner <laughs> Part 2. Boys, I will be there. I will drive to where you live and I will watch <laughs> it with you. Like Whatever we can do to make this happen. Damn deal. We'll hold I will it absolutely to you, be sir. there. Oh my gosh. No, that sounds amazing. Awesome. So for everybody, I had a bloody good time at House Harker. It's available on Amazon Prime. And make sure that you are following them on Instagram. If you look in the description of this uh, audio podcast, you will find the tags. You will find where to find it. Uh, you'll find Clayton's full name, social security number, and address. <laughs> All the information will be there for you. So, Brian, is that time? Oh, well, first, Clayton, we have to let you say goodbye. Then we have to peddle our stupid catchphrases. So by all means, sir, have at it. Perfect. Well, first of all, Jake, Brian, thank you guys very much. I love your podcast. You guys are doing the Lord's work when it comes to horror and all everything. And I and, uh, just want to say thank you to uh, all the horror fans out there. And I hope you guys like our little movie. It needs as much love as it possibly can get. So thank you for this opportunity, both of you. I really appreciate Happy it. Happy to do it. Brian, it's your turn. Yep. And uh, over here at uh, Slash's Pod. You ain't watching them dying. You ain't really trying. And for Brian, for Clayton, for Derek, for the characters in this fictional movie, and for myself, I'd like to remind you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> Ta-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs>